Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. Bud will always start the podcast, but I think the people that make it possible, a big shout out to all of the team at For the Table Restaurant Group, but particularly the lovely Charlie Park. As we're looking at a three-week swing here of straight home games at Florida State, want to always encourage you to keep those guys in the back of your mind, whether it be a uh, celebratory cocktail on Saturday night, a, uh, a lovely dinner on Friday night as you're getting into town, or maybe a little bit of brunch on Sunday as you're leaving. So charlieparkrestaurant.com uh, is the website, and it is far and away Tallahassee's best rooftop bar and people that we are uh, so fortunate to be able to continue to work with. Absolutely, man. That is an awesome spot to go, and obviously three straight home games. So let's make sure all of our Nolcast listeners hit them up if you are in town. Um, all right. So bye week treat you well. It was great. Uh, charlieparkrooftop.com. Excuse me. Oh. Uh, it's, uh, always great when I bat about 500 on what's the <laughs> actual websites for our partners. So do let me correct that. No, bye week was fantastic, man. Great to be able to, um, yeah, great to be able to have a bye week. So, um, and, and also great to be able to watch a little bit more of the sport as a whole. And uh, I think that'll probably be where, where some of this conversation goes as well. 100%. Uh, I do want to give a quick update on our prize picks, prizepicks.com prize picks in the app store, both Apple and iPhone promo code. Nolcast gets you 100% deposit match bonus up to $100 for first time depositors. Well, uh, it was still fun, but it wasn't winning fun uh, this weekend for, for mine. I, I've given out two 25s uh, to one and a 10 to one that have hit so far this year. And I think that's on what eight cards. So, uh, you know, plus 60 minus five. So uh, up, up 55 uh, units roughly is, is something I will <laughs> certainly take playing prize picks, but um, yeah, I, I, I want to win every week and that's actually really hard to do. So I do like to have fun with it every week. Man, Caleb Williams, that, that was super annoying. Uh, I kind of USC had played fairly okay defense. They were up 27 and then they just like completely collapsed. So that was annoying. Uh, Bo Nix, actually, we missed it by three yards mm. under, under 287 and a half. He had 290. Stanford went up six nothing in that game. So Oregon had to keep their starters in about one drive longer than, than, uh, than I expected. Deion Burks. No sweat there. I mean, 13 fantasy score. We went with more, 19.3. Uh, you know, pr- fairly easy there. Brian Thomas, Jordan Watkins combo in the LSU game. That hit by the end of the first half. So that was uh, that was encouraging. Shador Sanders, under 21.5 fantasy score. He started running. Picked up all those rushing yards and, and rushing touchdowns. And then Andrew Armstrong, less than 61.5 receiving yards. This one we had in the bag until the final uh, final play, and they threw a forty-five yard like not hail mary, but basically just you know bomb at the end of the game, uh, mm-hmm. which was kind of meaningless because Arkansas was down big against A and M. Super annoying. Uh, also, I thought the first card we put out was better. So did y'all. Y'all y'all hit the heck out of it, and the lines ended up moving after the Nolcast uh, listeners bombed it. Uh, Ray Davis less than seventy-nine and a half rushing yards lasted about uh, one drive. And then he had a 90-yard run and 80 or you know, all that kind of stuff. The rest of it was actually pretty decent. Um, Deion Burks, more than four receptions. Garrett Schrader, less than 225 passing yards. Going to Clemson, we'll talk more about that, that ball game. Uh, Luke Altmeyer, more than 209 and a half passing yards. He missed it by seven. Like, that's 
clearly not a good one. Uh, Jaden Daniels, more than 281 and a half passing yards. Hello, I, I, I would say that one hit. And uh, Drew Lar, more than one and a half passing touchdowns. Uh, Penn State had like four rushing touchdowns. So yeah. Yeah. Kind of annoying there. By no means a secret, but I will. Uh... I will try to combo play any game that has the LSU secondary involved moving forward. Uh, so if it means that they're just not going to tackle and Jaden Daniels is going to get the ball back all that faster, then that will be part of my my math as well. That is, uh, again, we'll, we'll bring this to the conversation as to what we can learn or what we think we can learn from our team more. But that um, – I don't know if you guys watched the LSU Ole Miss game, but that – Legitimately, was one of the worst performances from a position group I've I think I've ever seen, and I I don't think I'm being hyperbolic about that. It was, um, yeah, LSU secondaries. We knew they weren't good. We knew it was one of the reasons why why ourselves and and others on the beat were confident going into that game. But that was one of the singular worst performances I've ever seen. So yeah, that that was. Let's let's jump into that. Actually, um, do you feel differently? about your opinion on Florida State after watching LSU give up points to Arkansas, give up points, a lot of points, and, and I believe that's uh, Ole Miss set a record for yards in a game, uh, for yeah. an Ole Miss record, not an SEC record, with 700 yards, which, I mean, look, in the clock rule era, that's, you know, 705 is, is kind of nets out to like, not that Ole Miss really takes advantage of the clock rule, but it probably nets out to like 720 or 730. Right. I mean, that's that's horrendous. Um, do you I think there were plays at the end of the game where they weren't even trying to score and yeah. LSU's tacklers were just jumping at ankles, grabbing air and uh, touchdowns did occur. It was um, so here, here's a little bit of sweet. Here's a little bit sour here. I, I do have to adjust some of what I think about this offense. If our reference point is going to be like, oh, well, if they can click like they did in the second half of the LSU game, because that. Quite honestly, I can't watch a unit perform that poorly um, and and not extrapolate it to to the play of, of my own team when they played against them or, or Florida State when they played against them. Um, I will say, and I don't ever I don't want to have the conversation each week of like, is this a national championship team? Because uh, I don't think that's fair. I don't think we're there yet from a expectations of a supporters Um but I will say, un until you see Georgia truly wake up and be the force that, that we all think they are, then it's up for grabs, man. I mean, uh, Washington might legitimately be the best team in the country right now. Uh, I, I I think it's a it's open season. And, uh, you know, if, if this team can continue to improve and, and or improve in, in facets and, and keep other facets strong – um, and yeah, a lot of stuff is possible. It, it does. We said this three or four weeks ago, uh, for our younger listeners, you may have to go watch a 20 minute YouTube or something to, to fully grasp what the reference is, but it feels very 2007 ish right now. I mean, this, this is a crazy year where it doesn't feel like there's any, you know, super obvious team, uh, as to who it is. And, you know, as, as long as Georgia's relying upon a, uh, a, a transcendent tight end to bail them out and, and kind of wake that team up, then I do think that this is just kind of open season for whoever wants to play the best ball at the end of the year. Totally. I I watch a lot of LSU. As as you know, my, my wife went to LSU, and, and so it's uh, she was not really enjoying that game against Ole Miss. Uh, 
I also bet some LSU this weekend, so that was annoying. I, I think that you're exactly right on the sweet and sour. Uh, LSU is a different defense now than it was when you played them. And this is not me doing like the FSU Homer thing. I, I mean, schematically different. Now, the secondary lost uh, lost a starting safety who, thank God they caught it, but he had a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. And you know they they've he they're they're down him. Obviously, they're still down the Johnson kid uh, who they took from Ohio State who broke his leg in preseason camp. So he didn't play against FSU. Uh, your your safety with the brain tumor did, right? Um, they are different though schematically than when you played them. Now I'm not sure that they're that much worse than when you played them. So to your point, yeah, like it does make me think that FSU's offense doesn't have very many good games, okay? Like, putting 42 on LSU is not that impressive when Arkansas puts 30-something and Ole Miss, you know, drops a 55-burger. However, against Florida State, LSU was playing Perkins as, like, an off-ball linebacker. In the, the successive two weeks, they moved him to more of an edge position, but it was actually not the spot that I thought he would thrive in. They moved him to more of a Sam position, which is more of like a read, react, take on blocks, et cetera. Uh, In this game, they actually moved him to the Jack, which is more of your like see ball, get ball, like go get it, scream up field type position. Uh, I don't know why they took four games to do so, but I have my suspicions. He looked great against Ole Miss. The problem was everybody else who had just been shifted around looked like they had no idea what they were doing. I mean, literally, like their run fits just, this didn't make any sense, right? Like, like, like who is supposed to be in the fit here? I think it's this guy, but the way way they aligned it was, anyway, like let Lane Kippen just pencil whip those guys on on, on the chalkboard, whatever, he out-schemed them pretty hard. And obviously, Ole Miss played with, with a lot of juice in that game. But, uh, yeah, I think you have to reevaluate your offense some because they also didn't have Mason Smith in that game when they played you, and they have had him since, and he's a, a damn good player. I think LSU's defense will improve, actually, going forward. I I think they're probably going to have to just sort of realize, like, all right, this is what we are. We're not going to win a national title this year. We need to, like, make sure we still win, you know, eight or nine ball games, which Vegas has them eight and a half plus one ten to the over. So they're kind of expecting a little more eight and four than, than, uh, than nine and three, but kind of in that range. So still likely a ranked team by the end of the season, but definitely not guaranteed to be one. I think they'll go like a lot more one gap stuff and just scream up field like crazy. And, and I don't want to go too far down the LSU rabbit hole, but yes, it does make me think that the FSU's offense is not as good as I thought it was for sure. Um, on the flip side, LSU kind of rolls out of bed and scores 30-plus. Mm-hmm. I I definitely think L- that FSU's defense is better than it was last year. I mean, I know LSU moved the ball some on you, but you your first-team defense held them to 17. That 84-yard bomb they hit at the end, which was totally garbage time, you're at 45-17, you know, up four touchdowns in, in the fourth quarter. Um I mean, that was against all freshmen that they had put in, right? Uh, 
I have a higher opinion of FSU's defense after that game because the, I know I know Ole Miss's defense is not great, but like, how bad can Ole Miss's defense really be? Like, are they a seventieth rated rated defense with SEC players? I, I highly doubt it. Right? There's a certain level of, of like a breaking point, like a minimum, unless you're Vanderbilt, that you really can't be worse than defensively in the SEC, just because defense correlates really heavily to speed and and, and size. That game for FSU's defense looks not great, but good now, given what what LSU has at the receiver position and how well Daniels has been playing. Yeah, good perspective there. Um, it's it's tough, man. Uh, game ones typically you get, you know, I don't know, you get very focused team, get a lot of energy, you get as prepared a team uh, as you will all season. You also have more. Um, you know, just blown assignments, people line up wrong. It's, it's game one. It can, it can be very sloppy at the same time. So it's always hard to take away a whole lot. But, uh, yeah, no, I did watch that. And and uh, certainly was going through my mind about, eh, if this is our, our benchmark of what the offense can be, then, you know, maybe we need to adjust that a little bit. Um, Clemson game. Didn't really take away a whole lot from that other than Clemson, you know, didn't dissolve and, and fall apart in the manner that some thought they might. Uh, never a fun place for them to go up to, uh, to Syracuse. Competitive game early on. Clemson pulled away. Um, yeah, I think Clemson may lose one more game in the regular season, but I, I think you've got a decent idea as to what Clemson is and, and will be this year absent you know, some kind of concentration of injuries in a particular group or something like that. So um, I don't know that there's a whole lot to take away from that one and would be interested in your thoughts. But, um, yep, Syracuse gave him a little bit of a run. Clemson responded. Clemson ended up winning the game easily. Totally. Uh, I That was one of my heavier games of the weekend as far as from a betting perspective. Uh, I, my thought was, like, if Clemson cares, Clemson will whip them. And they Clemson's offense didn't. I thought Klubnik looked pretty good for the most part. He, he's man, he he's still late throwing some of these screens, and that was the only real time that he put the ball in jeopardy. I think Clemson's defense is really damn good. Uh, if, if we feel a little bit worse about FSU's offense after watching LSU's successive results, I feel a little bit better about FSU's offense after watching you know Clemson tear up Syracuse uh, now. In fairness, Syracuse doesn't have Gadsden, doesn't have Jones, doesn't have Pena. Those are their three best pass catchers. We said on this show last week, having to run Garrett Schrader 25x against Purdue was a canary in the coal mine. And they also had to run him 14 times against Army. They don't have weapons. Also, the the Valari kid, who was their best player, I thought, on Saturday, who's a converted uh, quarterback that they got from Michigan. Now he's a tight end. Pretty good athlete. He uh, he got hurt too. He hurt his wrist. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Like, will he be back in time for for the game? But Syracuse comes to Doak in what eleven days. So I uh, I'm significantly less worried about Syracuse. Not that I ever was super worried, but I mean, they're I don't think they're like a top thirty level team at this point. Yeah. Given given the injuries that they have. They're also banged on the O-line, so we'll see. Syracuse comes to Doak in a couple of weeks and uh, would encourage all of you to be sporty in 
looking sharp in your Florida State bomber jacket that our friends from Homefield Apparel are offering. Homefieldapparel.com is the website. You can click over to Teams, drop down uh, the Florida State offerings. Uh, as we said, they put us something out about two years ago. They've got that uh, 1.0 line that's still out there, features a lot of uh, very prominent or popular T-shirts I think you'll recognize, but also have a whole nother line of vintage Florida State stuff, have some great old logo things if you're one of those type of individuals. Uh, and like I said, bomber jacket is sharp and available, but I don't know if you're uh, you're just starting to get a little football temperatures down there in, uh, in Orlando come October 1st, but it's certainly... Um, <laughs> I love the uh, comment in YouTube there about a guy placing his no uh, his home field order, but no, the weather's changing. Uh, grab some of these jackets, grab some of these clothes. Like I said, I always do a decent amount of Christmas shopping on the home field website, and uh, would encourage you to keep them in the back of your mind and thank them for the support that they give the Nolcast. No doubt about it, man. It, it's uh, it, it is an awesome company, and we we really really excited to partner with them. And that bomber jacket is sweet. Uh, weather-wise, we are not quite yet. We had a, a little bit of a little bit of a tease. There was about a two-day period. I was like, oh, okay, like it's crisp. You know, you step out to get the newspaper, you know, and you're like, okay, like I'm not sweating on the walk down my driveway. This is nice. And then, you know, this morning I, I was loading the kids in the car for my wife to take them to school and, you know, back to it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it's it's been it's been a little a little hot. Uh, we got a question from the chat here. Who's the better team right now, LSU or Clemson? Snap call. I think I would take Clemson to beat LSU. Just based on how they just played. I think it's close. Yeah, it would be close. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that. Uh, They're both like top 15 power rated teams for sure. I think I'd go Clemson as well at this point. Like small, if if either team is favored by by three, you're you're taking the dog in the three points. I I think. Um, for me, I it, it'd be close. Um, another game I want to talk about here. Oh, by the way, I, I mean if you look at Clemson's remaining schedule, for FSU's schedule strength, Clemson going nine and three would certainly be uh, a bit of a boon for them. Uh, you know, you have Wake Forest this weekend, which they should win. They Clemson always kind of wrecks Wake, by the way. Like Wake does not generally play them close. It's kind of it's kind of the one team that uh, that that Wake does not do well against in in the league relative to to talent. Then they get a bye week, and then I think they should get Antonio Williams back by that point. They get Miami in Death Valley. They get in, at NC State, Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, which now looks a lot worse after losing at home to Bowling Green. That's that's a heinous it's toughy. loss. It's toughy. North Carolina at South Carolina. Like Clemson's schedule sets up to be pretty damn hard. If they can manage to go nine and three, nine and three, which means only losing one more time, that's extremely impressive. Actually, it would be fairly impressed if they can go eight and four against this, given who they had already lost. Uh, but yeah, for your for your own schedule strength, that certainly would would help quite a bit. Uh, now, if they lose the Miami game, then that means Miami is coming into Doke undefeated. So, um, you know, that, that that would also help you in terms of, of marquee win uh, type stuff. Another team I want to talk about here coming up is Michigan. And you don't play Michigan, and I don't think you play any teams that Michigan plays this year. But 
I've been watching a lot of Michigan because people have said like, hey, who's the best team in the country this year? It's a topic that we often have to talk about on cover three. And I'm going to relate this back to Florida State. So Michigan took three transfer offensive linemen, okay? Henderson, uh, Drake, and uh, and Hinton. Florida State took two transfer offensive linemen. Harris has already been here, but he only played one game last year. So if you wanted to call it three, Whatever. Well, they also took Jones. It's three. It's three. Yeah. It's Roddick, uh, Byers, Jones. So Michigan, their run game this year had been like statistically effective, but if you watched them, it really hadn't been very smooth, right? And they had played just absolute nobodies. I mean, Bowling Green, East Carolina, uh, Rutgers, and, and somebody. Just, just kind of, you know, four walkovers. But if you watched it, they were running like a lot of different stuff and playing with a lot of different combinations of the offensive line. They had Hinton in, they, they, they had Metcalf in, they were, they're rotating both the tackles. It looked to me like they were doing like a boatload of zone stuff that they didn't run last year, you know? Uh, and then in the, it didn't actually look that smooth. Then you go to the Nebraska game and it's just power counter, power counter, power counter, a little bit of split zone mixed in. And it seemed like they had like a set group of offensive linemen they wanted to roll with. It really looks like Michigan treated those first four games as the preseason. The thing is, Florida State did not have that luxury. Okay. They couldn't treat these first four games as the preseason because those, four, like, they, they're, they're four hardest games of, as far as like a, a hard, you know, game stretch of four games, you know, was, uh, was the first four games of the year. I really do believe that your next couple games uh, are games in which you can experiment in games with different things. Now, people might say, hey, like, I'm, t- I'm done with experimenting. Why? If Michigan can do it in their first four games, your next four games are Vatek, Syracuse, Duke, Wake. Now, those aren't all guaranteed wins. If you played your worst possible game and they played their best possible game, you could lose one of those games. Is it likely? No, it's very unlikely. I mean, you're Duke, Duke game changed significantly after the yes. last play of the game. Uh, yeah, Bud and I were texting back and forth then, and I was candidly, I was frustrated that Duke didn't win the game against Notre Dame because I thought they had a chance. And also, I think if Florida State is wanting to be a playoff team and and perhaps be a playoff team with any margin of error, that they need some kind of marquee win, and was hoping that would be that for them. And then Duke's quarterback. And broke or whatever his ankle he did on the final play. High of the game ankle sprain, they're saying, but uh, I'm I'm uh, highly skeptical that they yeah. will be back in three, yeah. in three weeks. Yeah, that that changes the dynamics of that significantly. Um, I, you know, this program isn't quite at a point to where it can completely uh, write off, you know, conference opponents, etc. But you do still have a lot of time, you know, quote unquote, in the lab if you want to. Uh, if you want to approach some of the next couple of weeks of that, obviously this week would be as much of an opportunity as any. I mean, it's nice that they won this weekend, but Virginia Tech's a very, very bad football team. Uh, it's yeah. not a not a game that should be particularly competitive. And that's a horrible loss for Pitt to go to go up. In. I, I understand it's like a home run game situation for for the Hokies, like to, totally backs against the wall. If you lose that, your chance of going to bowl is completely done because you dropped a one and four. You know, it, it's not a rivalry, but regionally, like it's there. And it, that was, that was Vatek's game. I, I am definitely a believer in like in spots, you know, 
uh, and, and just understanding like, okay, this is this is their game, basically. To if they screw it up, like they're really in trouble. Uh, like I thought Tennessee, it was it was Tennessee's game this weekend against South Carolina. Like total total revenge spot off off an FCS team, you know, getting healthy. South Carolina, like I thought, South Carolina had to have the Mississippi State game because if you lose that, you're definitely not bowling and like you're not hot seated because you just gave the guy an extension. But like the momentum is just the balloon is is going going flat. Yeah, Vatek's pretty bad. Um, they're getting a couple of their guys back, but still, like even full strength Virginia Tech is is not a good football team. Their defense is <clears throat> is horrid. Safeties and backers look really bad to me. So. Uh, agree with agree with that, but like I I do think, and this might piss people off if the, if FSU doesn't start clicking and looking great. I would continue to wrap different combinations and different stuff in games, especially if you're not going to be running Jordan. Which I I mean, look, he's still up there in the Heisman odds, but and there's certainly still a path for it. Like it's not like he's fallen off, like like you know Shador Sanders or something like that. I mean, he's still up there pretty high, but I don't like clearly you're not playing. I don't think you're playing to like he's fifth in the Heisman odds. It's Caleb, Penix, Ewers, Bo Nix, Jordan Travis. Brock Bowers in on that one? No, he's like 70 okay. to one. I okay. we, we did the Brock Bowers debate yesterday. If you want to tell me that Bowers is the best player in college football, I might entertain it. But if you're gonna win. The guys who win the Heisman are dudes who play like strong link systems, not weak link systems, because like it allows their excellence to impact the game even more. Yeah. And he's 30th in the nation or 31st in the nation in receiving yards. Yeah. I will say he's uh he's so clearly like the most dynamic piece on that offense that yeah. it, it it'd be interesting. I I could see him continuing to to trend up, but we'll uh they're gonna hype him like crazy for it. Stuff. Yeah. I also yeah. don't know if Georgia has a marquee game. Yeah, no, they don't. I mean, Kentucky, Florida, uh, you know. I, I, what's crazy is Daniels is still up there in the Heisman with, with two losses. Mm -hmm. like, I mean, now granted, he's going to have an opportunity to knock off A&M, Bama, et, et, et cetera, which will still be marquee games. So maybe as a two-loss you know, guy throws for 5,000 yards whatever okay so i think you can kind of comp the need to experiment and run different things for michigan with florida state that does not mean that florida state's going to get it fixed like michigan does but at some point you're probably going to get robert scott back right like i i don't think you need to have him back this weekend or next weekend or even the next weekend but if you can get him back and feeling good and getting wrapped in practice maybe some game reps before Miami, that would be a nice target, right? If you get him back, maybe you can play Byer Summit guard, right? I think mixing Washington in more at center continually is is a, a need for this team. Honestly, like I know people want to put him at tackle, but can we really trust that Mo Smith's back is going to hold up the whole year? I, I don't know. Like he's a warrior every time he goes out there. So I, I'm excited to see what they experiment with in games and what they want to rep in games and how they change this in games, uh, especially in the run game. And then I I don't know how much Jordan's non-throwing arm is affecting his throwing because he was 
having some of these issues before he got whacked. But, you know, to me, he's playing. Like, I thought within the conference so far, definitely Drake May. I thought Leonard was playing better, and I thought Tyler Van Dyke had played better than he had so far. Now, it doesn't mean I think those are better players. Well, the first two I do. Van Dyke, I think, is still very much like we'll see. But, like, you do need Jordan, given this is not like a Bama-Georgia-level roster, you need him to play better than he has if you want to reach those ultimate goals. So he has to be more accurate. Like, I saw his press conference where he was saying, like, Clemson was disrespecting uh, him and disrespecting receivers. I'm like, dude, they're disrespecting you because you missed a bunch of throws because they don't think you're that good. They think you're the guy that's more that seventh-round undrafted type pick. You didn't really prove him different, honestly. Like, you're a good college ball player. FSU needs Jordan to be a great college ball player if they really want to get to where they're going to go. And we haven't seen it yet, but I think it's possible that we do. So, you know, I I am really excited about, about these next couple of weeks. Um, let's see a couple other things here. Yeah, the Duke thing, that sucks for that kid, man. Mm-hmm. He, he He's really good really effective and that that just that really stinks for them um all right defensively there's a lot of a lot of talk in the bye week and i i watched the press conference that you know had fuller getting asked about like should they blitz more and, and whatnot and i i think you probably will see this team play more aggressively more press coverage probably more blitz than they have just I think you can kind of read some of the signals from his answer and Norvell's answers. But man, I am annoyed. Like what why are you not more cohesive as a team playing zone? Like why 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 do you have to play man and blitz so much? I do think you have a good a good front in terms of rushing the passer. If you didn't give up immediate open guys quite as often, and you had the ability to play a more cohesive zone and pass guys off, match routes, close distance. I, I I think you'd be a better defense, and it does make me think like, man, like coaching here is is a continued issue for this football team. I I shot a, a TikTok yesterday for CBS, which is going like mega viral, on basically is Lincoln Riley wasting Caleb Williams there at USC because they can't pair just a, a decent defense with him. And I got asked, like, hey, does this comp to, does this comp to, to Mike Norvell keeping Fuller? And I was like, no, I, I don't think so because, A, the results were not anywhere near as bad as what USC's were the prior year, right? And the track record is not anywhere near as bad. And also, like, Jordan isn't close to Caleb. Like, he's a top, you know, kind of 5 to 15, 10 to 20 quarterback in the sport, to my eyes. I, some people like it more than I do. It doesn't, like, nobody's going to look back and be like, man, they wasted Jordan Travis, you know? If USC doesn't make the playoff, they're going to be like, okay, that that's like one of the best players we've ever seen play this sport, and they didn't make the playoff. Yeah, you know? he's a returning Heisman winner. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a, like, a little different. Absolutely. Believe Rudd plays. He's just like, all right, cool. I'm just going to drop back. Nobody, nobody can touch me, and then I'm going to launch the ball 70 yards downfield for a touchdown. Like, like, yeah. Um, I don't know. It is disappointing. Like, like why – why can't Florida State play a little bit better zone? Why why don't why can't they be more cohesive and, and well coached in the back end? We will have to see what happens there. Uh, I share some of your frustrations. Zone zone has been something that we've uh, 
you know, that Florida State has struggled with uh, over a, over a period of time. And uh, I have to see what kind of modifications, adjustments occurred during the bye week. Uh, I do think that they're – yeah, I could see you getting a little bit better there. And obviously the return of Akeem Dent changes this secondary pretty significantly uh, if yeah. and, and when that does happen. Oh, the other thing is from a style perspective, I would kind of like to see this team play faster. Like if you're if you're going to play, um, if you're going to play what I think you're going to play on defense, which is more press, more aggressive, probably more blitz, because you really don't love these backers in coverage, you know, and 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 the safeties making tackles, it, it continues to be a bit of an issue. Obviously, more Knowles than than Shaheem. I think you have to tolerate giving up more explosive plays which is not what they wanted to do come in the year. But also, maybe the trade-off is, I, look, it could be more turnovers, although we both know that's more random. Like, they do this, like, mission takeaway stuff on Twitter, and that, that's well and good, and, and you need to you need to try to instill the fact in, in, in your players that they can control for that at, as long as they play their assignments. But we, we both know turnovers are fairly random, and, and there's a huge luck component. But three and outs are not, right? And playing more aggressively – Sacks in drives, tackle for, tackles for loss, oftentimes in drives. Uh, you know, basically getting those guys off the field is is pretty key. Getting your offense more reps could really help you. And I, I think this is an offense that really could thrive with some tempo once they settle on what they want to run in the run game and once they settle on the guys in, in terms of the offensive line rotation. You know, um, I don't notice that this is a, a team that I like Okay, take your time, get up there. Everybody make sure we got their assignments. Yeah, cool, and and go. Because they're not a team that can really push people around that much. You know, I, I think you need to you need to steal some plays. Not like picking defensive signals, but I mean like you, you need to get some freebies because the defense is not aligning correctly or because the defense doesn't have time to, to get the calls in because you are going a little more tempo. Not necessarily Tennessee, uh, but I don't hate – I do hate that you can't play like a quality zone defense where you match routes and close distance and pass guys off effectively. Like that, that annoys me to no end. At Florida State, you should be able to do that. However, if you're going to play this this style, I actually think it could be comp complementary to what might work better for the offense. Mm -hmm. I can see that certainly. Yeah, I mean, and if ultimately you're strength of your team is is getting the ball quarterback as many times as possible then that you know that pairs and uh i think there's aspects of the defense that will uh improve and and be a little bit more formidable in time but uh it's also it's just you know i, I hate to say this because it sounds like a cop-out but it's just the modern game too man i mean the game is about scoring the game is about being as dynamic as you can on offense and you know limiting um, as as much as you can as the other team, so uh, it is it has certainly changed dramatically in that regard. So uh, I think what you're looking for, though, Bud, is perhaps a defense that's more efficient. And uh, if you're wanting a company that could be more efficient in how it operates and uh, operates at its peak optimization, uh, then we would certainly suggest our friends at Congruity. Matt Lewis has been a fantastic uh, partner for us. Really turned into more of a business confidant than anything else but matt is a 
is a great resource for the Nolcast and a couple other businesses that I have a part of and uh, very much confident that he would be the same for you. Uh, done, I believe, 12 businesses now, uh, which is a fantastic response. Uh, we would encourage anybody to take a look at the website if you have an interest in Congruity. CongruityHR.com is the site. And as always, I'm happy to make a third-party introduction uh, to Matt uh, if you so desire. So with that, we'll uh, jump back into it. Absolutely, man. Okay, so Vatek, Syracuse, Duke at Wake, uh, at Pitt. Pitt looks kind of broken to me. I, I'm sure you will get a home run effort for that game from Pitt. I don't exactly know what that – I don't know what Pitt's home run swing looks like because we really haven't seen it so far this year. And they, they might just be – they might just be broken. Um I mean, you you should be nine and zero. Really should an internet Miami game. Miami took care of business against Temple. Uh, really can't fault them for how they played. Came out, took care of business. I will say that, and I did not expect this to be the case, but given who Temple has lost, I now have Temple as a bottom five team in the country. Uh, they are playing multiple true freshman or walk-ons on the defensive line. If you watch the Tulsa game, I didn't have anything pre-flop in that, but I live bet the heck out of Tulsa as soon as I saw like who they were running out there. I was like, oh my God, like th these, because that can be an edge, right? Just like wa watching who they're actually like playing in the, in the game and, and just kind of referencing your preseason death chart and be like, oh my God, they, they're down like six, they're, they're, they're eight, two deep guys on the D line. So, uh, Miami looks good. That'll be that, that'll be a challenge for you. They they're very aggressive on defense. That's a game that like they kind of want to play a little bit faster. I, I think FSU is pretty comfortable playing at at some speed and playing a little bit higher scoring, more aggressive game. That'll be a really fun one to watch. Uh, and I, I think that is one that you'll probably be pretty glad is in Doak. You know, uh, I definitely think Florida State's secondary is better than AM's, though. As much as we want to complain about this defense. AM has real defensive problems in the back end, more so than the Knowles do, in my opinion. So that'll be that'll be an interesting one for sure. North Alabama, again, always nice to have it. We got a question here. Probably need to get to. Shenanigans asked, is Napier the kind of coach you talk about in cover three as being really disorganized on the road, hence the one and seven record while not in the swamp under him? Yeah, one and seven away from the swamp is uh, that's tough. Man, it's tough. Not, that's uh, tough. Not really what you're looking for there. I would. That game opened up twenty three nothing, twenty four nothing, Florida or uh, Kentucky rather. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's a toughie. That's a toughie. That uh, I will say, just speaking uh, totally honest, I was shocked by how much momentum Florida picked up from that Tennessee victory. Uh, that, that did not break my heart to see them have that type of performance in Kentucky. Let me put it that way. Uh, there are uh, a lot of, a lot of ebb and flow in the emotions right now when it comes to, to Florida football. So, mm -hmm. I, yeah. I, I he, uh, did you watch Napier's press conference yesterday? Uh, yeah, I saw parts of it. Yes. I would, I would watch it. If you guys at home have not watched this and, uh, he was really defensive, and it was it kind of caught me off guard. I, I wonder if he's 
feeling more pressure than uh, than I think he's feeling or should be it's feeling. 2023, bud. Yeah. That was, that was one of his responses. Yeah, well, he got he's asked about podcasting, right. uh, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, he... Uh, all right, the question you got asked is like, all right, what, what do you make about, or like, what what uh, what improvements have you seen in your team since you lost at Vanderbilt last year? And he's like, it's, it's 2023, right? Like, he, he didn't want to talk about anything from last year. The Florida game's weird to me because like, if you play that game again, and I don't think Florida's amazing, but man, I, I, I don't know that Kentucky blows them out again. Like, Florida is a team that is heavily dependent on what I'm going to call game script. Like how the game goes early against Florida matters a lot mm -hmm. because they're not a good drop back passing team. The receivers are not amazing. The Wilson kid is their most dynamic player and, and he's not in right now, obviously. So um, they're on the road. They have just made critical errors over and over again. I, I looked it up yesterday. Florida leads the nation in win probability lost due to special teams penalties. <laughs> Uh, that's a funny stat for a team okay. that made a bunch of a bunch of noise about hiring a game changer coordinator yeah you know now granted like he's an analyst because they decided not to go with special teams coordinator which is actually not all that uncommon by the way so i, I don't really want to knock them for that i do think if you if you put a special name on it and then you you go out and do that that's that's tough i haven't found a way to filter this yet but i, I will Dude, they've got to be number one in the nation in win probability lost due to short yardage penalties. I mean, they had four short yardage false starts against Utah. I think they had two more against Kentucky. I actually saw some good things. People hate me for this. I saw some good things by, by Kentucky against UF or by, by UF against Kentucky. I saw a lot of good things for Kentucky against UF. I did see a couple good things. They, they still scheme some guys open. Mertz had a couple misses. They had a couple drops. They had a couple passes batted, but it wasn't like nobody was ever open. But at the same time, I don't think the score was necessarily misleading because Mertz made some ridiculous plays. Like the one where he's being sacked, and I'm like, are they not going to call in the grasp on this? Like he's, if you don't throw the whistle, D Lyman's going to body slam Mertz, and they don't blow the whistle, and he flips the ball to the back. He runs for like 30 because the defense basically stopped on the play. Mm -hmm. They definitely seem to play differently at home. They they really do. Uh, and yet, I watched Tennessee over the weekend, and Tennessee got Mays back, and they got Mincy back, the right tackle in the center they were missing there in the swamp. And I think if you play that game in the swamp again, which you can't go back and do, obviously, I'm not so sure that Tennessee doesn't beat them if they got the if they got those guys because Florida really really abused the backup center for Tennessee. Like Florida's nose guard is a stud. That 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 guy's a clear NFL dude from Memphis. Um, you know, I, I this won't be an easy game in the swamp. They will play really hard in the swamp. They they do appear to be a different team at home. Hmm. I, people think it's a walkover. I I don't think it is. You'll have yep. you'll have to play well. Different team at home uh, only makes me think of our friends at uh, FSU Home Loans, legendary team, 844-FSU-LOAN, 844-FSU-LOAN. More than 500 listeners have taken advantage of, uh, well, have taken our suggestion to work 
with Shannon and Chad, which is uh, your own unique advantage in this process. Most certainly uh, big kudos to these guys, as we always say, fantastic to work with Shannon's legitimately a leader in the industry. Uh, but Chad loves Florida state athletics at a level that's hard to articulate. He's in the group text. He's most of the time in the comments. Um, and those guys have started donating uh, a portion of each loan close to the battle's end as well. So if you want to, uh, work with the best and uh, perhaps help Florida State on the NIL front as well. Uh, there is no greater option than the legendary team, 844-FSU-LOAN, 844-FSU-LOAN, and a tip of the hat, as always, to the Kings that are Shannon and Chad. No doubt about it, man. They they kill it. I've used them twice, personal endorsement all the way. Like They, they, they go above and beyond with the customer service. They, they know the market. They're, they're the guys you want to work with. Um, good quote from Billy Napier. Uh, you lose when you don't play winning football and when, and you win when you play winning football. Okay. That's, uh, yeah. thanks. Thanks, Bill Parcells. I, I kind of want to talk conference title race here a little bit. And, and it's more about, or about path. Um, Louisville beating NC state was sort of a bad result for the Knowles. Because, uh, and we talked about this in the preseason, like there's certainly a path where Louisville goes seven and one, right? I I think they're on that path. So they get Notre Dame this weekend. We'll, we'll see. I, I don't know how good Louisville actually is. At Pitt, after the Notre Dame game, it's not a gimme, but like if Pitt doesn't make major improvements, it basically is. Then you get a bye week, then you get Duke. That's four weeks away. Again, I don't know if Leonard is going to be back for Duke within four weeks. That looked really bad. I mean, he's like yelling in pain on, on, on the ground. And so don't they get them the week after Florida State? Uh that's correct. Yeah. Okay. And it's in Louisville. Then you get Vatech, Virginia at Miami, Kentucky. I mean, guys, Louisville is going to be favored in every game in the ACC but Miami. Florida State is not on that schedule. Graham mentioned that that he thinks they have to go undefeated. Florida State does to to make the college ball playoff. I actually disagree. I think a, a one loss conference champion Florida State has a really good shot to go because of how strong the league was this year in the non conference. However, if Louisville runs this thing. And there's a pretty good shot like Louisville could be, you know, 8-0, 7-1. That's going to get them to the conference title game. That makes that Miami game really important. Because there is certainly a scenario in which 8-0 Louisville and 7-1 Miami with the tiebreaker over the Knolls go. Right? If you beat Miami... The odds that you miss the conference title game are basically zero. Mm -hmm. Now, there is certainly a scenario in which North Carolina could ice you out potentially because North Carolina will play Miami too, right? And that game is uh, two weeks away. It's it's in Chapel Hill. Uh, you know, and, and North Carolina has to play at Clemson and at, at NC State still. So, you know, they, they probably have some losses coming. Miami, on the other hand, they have a couple – 
interesting games, which it kind of depends. Like, do you think Miami is like a legitimate top 10, top 15, top 20, top 25 type team? I, I don't know yet. I, they've only really played like one real game. So it's, it's kind of hard to make snap judgments on this. They go at North Carolina, host Clemson, and then they are at NC State, at Florida State, host Louisville. It's kind of hard to see them running that. But this Louisville threat is like like a kind of like, like like we're on like hurricane protocol, not for Miami, but for like you know real hurricanes. It's like all right, that, that's kind of lurking out there, man. They they have the path. We talked about this at AC Media Day. Remember, Brom didn't shy away from me. He's like, no, we know we ha- like like what we have in front of us this year. He wouldn't say the schedule's easy. He's like, we have to win immediately mm-hmm. because yeah. next year the schedule flips, or I assume it does. We don't actually know FSU schedule next year, right? Because the uh, the addition of Cal and Stanford. Away games expected at Cal and Stanford. Uh, is Both? The, <laughs> I'm joking. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, it, it'll be fun to see what the conference does with that. Do you think if they did do that, that Florida State would just basically stay out there and conduct online classes for, like, that five days? Yeah, I mean, if you could, if you could get them back, back to back. back it, definitely. Yeah. I could see that, potentially. Um yeah, I, I just the Louisville threat is is real and sort of annoying. Um, trying to think, do you want do you want Miami to beat Louisville for rooting purposes? Mm, good question. Yeah. Um, in general, I want Miami to lose as frequently as possible, uh, yeah. and also for for conference reasons. Uh, I do look this. This will play itself out. Let's let's revisit this after the Duke game because we'll have a little bit more clarity, obviously, yeah. as the season goes on. Uh, but I do think it's worth starting to circle three or four ACC teams that we need to check in on each week just to see where they are, what it's like. Uh, obviously, this is the first time uh, any of us as fans have gone through this experience. Um, I do have some kind of dread that Florida State somehow is going to slip up in one game and then not be able to have access to the ACC championship game, and we will all be sitting around here wondering, yeah, that's a that's a painful, that's a tough one." Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's keep an eye on it. Uh, but no, you're right. I mean, Louisville, it was it was known as soon as this as soon as the schedule came out. This is their year. They've got to make as much of it as they can, um, with the expectation that schedule next year will be very different uh, like you said there's not going to be a schedule anytime soon and whatever models were out there have gotten skewed uh, rather significantly by the the dynamics of the conference and, and what's been added but uh, yeah let's let's keep it on the the tip of our tongue so to say sam gordon says uh, in, in response to like do, do you want miami to beat louisville he says yes you want to play the best team in the ac championship for, for strength of schedule see if you're undefeated Certainly. i don't think you need but you to want to that, make though. it Right, and if you're undefeated, I don't think the 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 schedule talk really matters. Now it might right. mean the difference between being number two or number three. Um, I would have a hard time seeing an undefeated Florida State team be the fourth ranked team in a playoff conversation. But uh, you know, we'll see. Definitely not. Yeah. Uh, playoff odds right now: the Knolls are the second most likely team to make the playoff. Now. It's interesting because you have to interpret it in a certain way. So it's Georgia minus 190, Florida State minus 140, 
Michigan minus 25, Texas minus minus 110. Everybody else is slightly plus, like Ohio State, Penn State, 140, 250 respectively. And then Washington, 340, USC, 340, Oregon, 340. This is on FanDuel. Um, wait for some other sites to come out with their odds. They just come out about Thursday. Uh, Oklahoma, 360. You know, then Bama, Notre Dame, Miami, you know, whatever. I, if you like on an individual team basis, I certainly agree that Florida State is the second most likely team to make it. But if you rephrase this as, right, Georgia, yes, agreed as a standalone Big Ten champion, clearly is is going, unless it's like a, a three loss West champ, which would be, Almost like, like what, like a quarterback injury thing happens in, in the Big Ten title game? Maybe. Uh, and then, to me, Texas looks really good. Uh, and, like, if they lined up and played today, I think I would have, like, Michigan 1, Texas 2, Georgia 3, just based on how they've played so far. If if Texas manages to be a, a undefeated or one-loss Big 12 team, I think they're right there with Florida State. You know, the schedule's a little bit arguably a little bit tougher for Texas because you probably have to face Oklahoma twice, it, assuming that, that chalk holds. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. But, like, yeah, I in looking at Louisville's schedule, it's like, damn, there are, like, certainly scenarios in which you are 11-1 and one and don't make the ACC championship game. All right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's not think about that. Nuts. But we knew about it. Are we really at 6.66 thousand subscribers? Yeah. yeah we'll have to. Right, one of y'all hit subs to get us off yeah. that. We, we, we don't. Over 40 of y'all hit subs to get us off that. Uh, yeah. But don't need that. Good call. That mojo. Uh, all, all right, right, man. Anything else uh, you got on the docket? Uh, should be nice weather in Tallahassee this weekend, I believe. Good, good, good weekend to host some recruits potentially. We'll, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, I did want to ask you. Since you live there and you're involved in the space, uh, we didn't talk about this. So if you don't have any real thoughts or, or want to maybe address it next episode, uh, Georgia passing the NIL regulation that uh, high schoolers can now get NIL. Is that something you think was necessary, impactful? Do we think it's going to come to Florida? I mean, it'll come to Florida because the same thing will happen with Florida players. It's happened with Florida coaches if it doesn't. Um, it's just a, a quick off the hip. Uh, if you're not familiar, uh there's a pretty decent brain drain of Florida high school coaching that just makes its way to Georgia because Georgia pays more and et cetera. Um, yeah, I, I need to be more familiar with what it is that they actually pass before I start to talk about it. I have, uh, maybe it sounds hypocritical. Maybe it sounds disingenuous. I'm a little leery of opening up the high school NIL uh, box right now. So uh, we'll we'll see what that means. Uh, it does sound like there's going to be a quick, pretty quick response uh, from Florida. Um, just candidly, I was part of a group that was, you know, exploring that law uh, prior. And that will probably change a little bit based off what's happened in Georgia. Gotcha. All right, man. Uh, I will see you Thursday to preview Virginia Tech. Let's talk then, dude. Enjoyed it right, as man. always. Thanks yes, for chiming in with us this morning if you were live. Uh, thanks for liking, subscribing. Please do get us off the old 666 number if you can. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back with you later in the week. Until then, right. no cast. See you guys.